dark is rising And from the shadows walks a god A seed, a hope for brand new life Can you hear the spirits of the earth? Can you, can you hear the spirits of the earth? Can you, can you hear the spirits of the earth? Can you hear them grow? Can you hear them sing? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host. You're joining me once again for A Pagan Perspective, the podcast, here on all kinds of podcast formats. That song that we just listened to 
was Dave the Bard, Lugnasa. Uh, it's that time of year, folks. For us, we are getting ready here this next weekend to celebrate Lamas, Lofmas, Freyfaxi, many names, but it is the first harvest. And we are going to have ritual. We are going to have a feast. We're going to have toasting to the gods, the ancestors, to the future, and thankfulness for the harvest. And a little bit of ritual drama. And, you know, just a really good time to come together uh, with the pagan community. Uh, it has been just very crazy around the world this last uh, little bit of time since I posted my last uh, podcast episode. It's been crazy hot. Lots of people getting hit with major rainstorms and stuff. Uh, the mother is like... She's stressed, man. She's stressing out right now, and we've got to do what we can to help because it's the only planet we got. You know, there are people that are dying from the heat reflected off of the sidewalks and roads in Phoenix, Arizona. You know, so it's like it's dangerously hot, and nobody thinks it's real. Everybody thinks it's a hoax, but more and more of our folks are, around the world are dying. Not just here, but in Barcelona, Spain, and other places in Europe, it is unseasonably hot. Ireland's even getting hot. So it's like there's just a lot of craziness going on, and we need to come together and really take care of the planet. We've got to do something because, you know, in the next 30 years, there may not the planet may not be habitable. You know, it's just sad to think, but that's why we're here as pagans and witches, heathens. Magical practitioners, that's what we do. It's our job to defend and take care of the earth. But having said that, and I hope your llamas uh, with your family, your temple, your grove is great. But tonight we are talking about, we're going to go into a, what I think is a very important topic. And that is symbols and symbolism in witchcraft and ceremonial magic. I think that's one of the things that is that separates us the most from everything else in the outside world, and it's the fact that witchcraft is known for its symbol. As an example, the pinnacle. Uh, and, you know, it's one of the most recognizable uh, symbols in ceremonial magic, in witchcraft, um, with a history that goes way back. But in modern times, you know, that symbol has become commercialized such as the album cover the original album cover of shout at the devil by motley crew wasn't the upside down they did have a correctly pointed uh, pinnacle, uh, pinnacle on their album cover and so you had that and you had other bands and even writers that were kind of using pinnacles in their imagery and things like that and it wasn't just it wasn't just because of the fact that the pagan... Because the pagan community's been growing. The magical community's been growing in America for a very, very, very long time. So, you know, this is where... I mean, everything... Pagans were doing things before it became, you know, uh, chic to have those kind of symbols. But for us, it's very important because it's part of our worship. It's part of our magic. It's part of our work. And it's like... So, like, even that, what we'll do is we're going to talk about some symbols uh, that are important 
in general, symbols that are used in spell work, uh, and we're going to talk about symbols and things that are dealing with ceremonial magic from Golden Dawn to Thelema and so on and so forth. There's a, I mean, we have a lot to talk about. And then there are natural symbols, which we'll talk about those as well. Um, and these are the things that kind of inform us, you know, that whenever we're outside, I believe that symbols that we see, the, the, the signs and omens are important because it's something that we can internalize. Like whenever you see a pinnacle or a pentagram, which the difference is one is in, encircled and the other is not, is the fact that uh, for us, we know that there's a story with that symbol. It's not just there for no reason. And uh, as an example, the main difference, one of the main differences between the pinnacle and the pentagram is the pentagram is open and the pentacle is encircled, which means it is earth, air, fire, water, and spirit encircled by the universe. That means that everything that is in the, the, the pentagram itself is basically in the cocoon that is the universe. It makes it real. It makes it makes what we do magically function. And then you look at the symbols that are embedded within the pinnacle itself. The five-pointed star, which a star is a symbol. A star is very etheric, uh, very uh, uh, cosmic and stuff, giving us ties to the gods. So you have earth, air, fire, water, and spirit, which earth, if you're looking at the pinnacle, you go uh, to the, the uh, right, which is the very first tip, and you go from earth, and then the next pinnacle tip is air, and then you move across, and the next one's fire, and then you go to the one that is directly across from you, and that is water, And then spirit is the last, the, the top. And also it is considered the center points, the inside of the pentagram itself, um, that uh, there is spirit embedded there too. So it's like, and, and that's the function because when we look at what the earth element is and its symbols, when we look at, uh, when we look at, uh, you know, all of the elements, and their symbols. It's what we use to incorporate uh, in meditations, in spells, in rituals honoring the gods. So, um, you know, I, I mean, you know, for witches, the pinnacle is one of the biggest ones. Um, and then there are variations that come after that is the uh, ankh, the cross with the loop. That's Egyptian and has been, it's, very, it's a very ancient symbol. It's the symbol of life. And I know many witchcraft groups that uh, use the Ankh as their symbol of life. And that's very important because we, that's what we honor as pagans and witches is the cycles of life. But also, in, in ceremonial magic, you can look at the idea uh, of the elements too and their symbols because those tie us more to our inner selves. They tie us to uh, the ar archangels and some of the, 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 the lower uh, demons of the, uh, of the Shemham Farash and things like that. So it's like, 
you know, whenever you look at a, a symbol that goes on, another symbol that goes on to uh, the other side of things is an example is the Rose Cross, which is the Rosy Cross of the Rosicrucians and the uh, o, uh, Hermetic Order of Golden Dawn. And it's a very deep symbol. We're not going to go into every little piece of it, but it, it's a very important it's a very important flag post within Golden Dawn tradition. It's like the Rose Cross for the Golden Dawn is like the pinnacle is for a witch in, in that in that you know that, that kind of, uh, of, uh, of, of uh, you know severity. Also within the Golden Dawn, you have uh, the idea of the Kabbalistic uh, tree of life, which the tree which we have our pagan symbols. I believe that the tree of life that we have within the heathen uh, practices, the tree of life that is, every culture has a tree of life. Every culture has some form of a tree of life. And it's like, you know, that's another thing is like, I'm one of those believers that you can take pagan practice and, and, and witchcraft and mix it with the ceremonial because what we're doing is we're doing two things simultaneously. One, we're tending to the spirits of the earth and the gods. And also on the other side, we're tending to ourselves because I'm a believer that ceremonial magic is more to strengthen your your inner self and to allow you to you know to move along the tree of life to the eventual you know whatever whatever it is that we are supposed to attain the great work that Crowley talks about the ascension the angelicness of things that comes about from the golden dawn. Uh, various planetary magics. We have the symbols of our everyday lives. We have the symbols that are important to us, the astrological symbols of Cancer, the Crab, and Pisces, and, you know, everything else. So each one of those those uh, uh, astrological signs have their own symbols, um, you know, and, and that there is very important. Everything's a symbol, and whenever you kind of... It, you can use these. The main thing I like about symbols is you can concentrate on them and just have them as a silent form of meditation. A, a tree can be a symbol, the tree of life. All you got to do is picture your favorite tree and know that that tree is rooted in the earth. So basically, when you look at any tree, you when you step outside and you look at a tree, you are looking at the tree of life. And I think that is so freaking cool. The earth represent the earth itself represents the tree of life in, in every way, shape, or form. And so it's, you know, so we have that. And that's in common practice. I mean, we have been using symbolism for, uh, you know, days of the week. You know, we have symbols of the gods being used, symbol of the sun and moon for Sunday and Monday. Um, our practical lives, we have uh, Halloween and Samhain, which is the symbol of the witch and the black cat. And, um, you know, we have the symbols that go with, um, like, uh, you know, we have the idea of, of it being turtles all the way down. Well, a turtle is a symbol. And so when you think about it and you think about how it is universally... The idea that it's turtles on top of turtles on top of turtles on top of turtles. Basically meaning it's turtles all the way down. 
Um, you know, you look at the symbols that are part of our our society. The key, the keys to our home and our castle, the keys to our car, the money, the symbol of the dollar. Uh, you know that the, the the dollar sign, how that that is riches and stuff that that a man has or a woman has or whatever. So you have that, and then you have the heart symbol that everyone uses at uh, at uh, Valentine's Day. And the heart is, is a very important organ. The heart is the seed of life in our body. Without our heart, we can't live. So it's like, that's another very important thing, is to realize that our very hearts have their own symbol. And that, that heart is where love is. I love that. Love is from the heart. You can have it in your head, but you know it's real whenever it comes from your heart. You can tell. If you can't tell, you need to kind of practice and you know see where that is. Meditate on it. Um, you know, have you have the symbols of flight, such as an eagle um, and and other birds. You have uh, symbols of the underworld, the sylphs and undines and and all these other things. They all have their own symbols. Um, I think one thing I, I kind of challenge people to do this. For one week, whether, you know, if you are doing some pagan work or, you know, just even in your regular life, kind of keep an eye out and kind of write this down maybe of how many different symbols that you can, that you can use in your practice that are kind of unintentionally, you know, brought to you during the week. Because I see stuff all the time. I see stuff when I'm with other people. I hear things. Because people will talk about stuff and what they're talking about is symbols. Another thing is an example of whenever a, a witch casts a spell, there are those that would maybe write something down on a piece of parchment or vellum, and then they would either burn it or encant over it or whatever. But writing, there are many magical languages. Those are symbolism from Theban to daggers to over the river, and so many different magical writing languages. Because why do we have magical writing? Because we believe that uh, the spoken and written word carry power. So if it's there, you know, whenever you see these ancient uh, letters and things like that, it's something that you can imbue with its own energy and stuff. And it just, I think... You know, whenever you learn the history behind uh, magical languages and magical writing, that it will es establish and help you to, um, you know, be able to build better spells and rituals for yourself and, and your groups and things like that. Because that's, that's where everything is. And the symbolism is, t you know, color is symbolism. Yellow, black, red, blue, purple turquoise, you name it, every bit of the spectrum that we can see is a symbol, and it is very important. Purple is a symbol of spirituality. Red is a symbol of energy. Blue is a symbol of calm, and so forth, and so forth, and so forth. Um, you know, you have older 
uh, 18th, 17th, and 18th century ceremonial magic, such as the Sigillum de Amoth, that was uh, created by Dr. John Dee. Um, it is a very intense uh, 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 ritual uh, uh, cipher that I think is one of the most important. I think it's one of the most important things to uh, know uh, outside of the LBRP and anything else that you're learning within your ceremonial practice. But when you can tell what those sigils are, you know, what some of the more uh, intense ones, you have the, uh, the uh, tablets of union for, for, you know, the watchtowers and things like that. They have color, they have uh, placement, and all kinds of association that show those uh, banners and flags that are placed at, placed at various locations in a ritual setting, whether it's the lemur or whatever it is. Um, it, that's very important because those symbols in their place set up energies that are needed uh, to have effective ritual, to have effective meditation. And I think it's just very cool that, you know, that we can see symbols. And um, what I'm going to do whenever we get back here in a minute, because uh, I'm going to give you guys some great music uh, this afternoon, uh, we're going to talk about, I think, we're going to talk about some of the older symbols um, and things that are, you know, from, uh, that we have learned from our childhood, the folk history things that we've seen within our families and stuff. Everybody has something different to add to that. And I'll tell you some things uh, about that as well. But yeah, we're going to give you some music. And I think here in just a second, we're going to give you Roots by Show of Hands. Twenty-five years or more I've roamed this land from shore to shore From time to tame our seven to tens From more to fail, from peak to fen Played in cafes and pubs and bars I've stood in the street with my own guitar But I'd be richer than all the rest If I had a pound for each request But Julian Banjo's American Pie It's enough to make you cry Rule Britannia or swing low, are they the only songs the English know? Seed, bud, flower, fruit, they're never gonna grow without their roots. Branch, stem, shoots, they need roots. Yeah, 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 yeah. After the speeches, when the cake's been cut, the disco's over and the bar is shut At christening, birthday, wedding or wake What can we sing until the morning breaks When the Indian Asians have broke counts It's in their blood below the belt They're playing and dancing all night long So what have they got right that we've got wrong? Let them go out in 
Master said his vision of hell is three folk singers in a pub near Wells. Well, I've got a vision of urban sprawl. It's pubs where no one ever sings at all. And everyone stares at a great big screen. Overpaid soccer stars, prancing teams, Australian soap, American rap, three English baseball caps. back that was show of hands roots i love that song blessings of woven freya to everybody today uh we have a great show uh we're getting ready for lugnasad coming up here pretty soon so we're kind of running that harvest theme throughout the show and i hope you like it but today Today, what we're doing is we're here and we're talking about symbolism and sim how many symbols that we have just in natural society. As an example, look at the barber pole. The red and white stripe is a phallic symbol, blood and semen wrapped around a phallic symbol. And those red and white stripes also have a, a societal uh, uh, meaning that goes with them for one that... It, won, it was not only a barber, but it was also a surgeon. Because a lot of times you have to be uh, multi-task, multi-purpose in those days. Um, uh, even, you know, contemporary stuff that we don't think would be a symbol. Like another thing that we have is the Wheel of the Year. It's a circle with an eight spokes inside of it, which denote for us and show the 
Sabbaths, the quarters and cross-quarter days that show the seasons and the way that the earth moves through its cycles and stuff. So we have winter, spring, summer, and fall, all different times and all with their own different importances for society. Spring is for planting. Summer is for growing. Fall is for harvesting. And then winter is for putting away to get through the cold months. Um, you know, there are gods and goddesses that have their own symbols. Thor and Mjolnir. Odin, uh, uh, Woden and his ravens. Uh, you know, uh, Dogda and his harp. And on and on and on and on. And it just goes because sometimes you can't, you know, you may not be able to visualize the gods in the way that they are. But the gods have put those symbols here on the earth for us to see, um, to understand, you know, that uh, they are with us. They give us symbols everywhere. Uh, you know, I think it's important that um, we look at where the symbols come from um, and try to understand them. Because then that way, you know, you don't have to be an expert about it or whatever. But I'm just thinking like the more you forms of divination that are symbols, tarot as a divination form is cardboard pieces with imprinted and painted symbols that we use to understand the universe and the way things are going in the world around us uh you have the idea of uh throwing the bones witten wands uh reading tea leaves tea leaves leave symbols of uh, something that looks like a plane could mean that you're taking a trip a uh, uh, a symbol of the eye you have the evil eye uh you have uh, the Eye of Ra and all these other things. So it's like, and these symbols kind of, they plug into us. Uh, you know, if you're a Italian witch, the broom and the symbol of the crone riding through the night sky on her broom is a very potent symbol for an Italian witch. Uh, and for someone that is of the Azatru and heathen traditions, uh, the Tree of Life, Yggdrasil, uh, the Ermensul, uh, you know, the so many more different kinds of cultural uh, symbols. You have the three way, three rays, the Awen of the Celts, Ireland, and Britain proper. And then you have the uh, uh, swirls, the idea of walking a, uh, a uh, labyrinth. A labyrinth can be considered a symbol. When you trace it out and make it on your yard or whatever sacred space that you're setting it up, that becomes a mandala. Mandalas are symbols. Uh, the, the sand paintings of the Hopi and Navajo Indians, 
Those are very important symbols. The Thunderbird uh, as a symbol of the Sky Father uh, and things like that are very important to indigenous tribes. Um, you know, the animals as symbols of strength. Bears are symbols of strength. And, and so on and so forth. So it's like symbolism is something that we should kind of concentrate. Like in divination, whenever we are working with scrying or meditation or other forms, it's like that's what we're focusing on. You know, we have that's symbols are the guideposts and the way to lead us to, uh, you know, the things that we want. Um, and also, I think once you know the symbols that you're working with, the natural symbols, flowers are a symbol of abundance. Eggs are symbols of fertility, symbols of the universe, and so on and so forth. So um, it's like, you know, that's very important too. There are so many teeny, tiny, tiny little things, but whenever they add them up, and that adds to us. That's like adding more to our energy so that whenever we do cast spells or work rituals and stuff, and whenever we are working goetic operations, uh, you have the sigils. You have the cameos of the planets. Uh, you have planetary sigils. There are so many sigils for so many purposes. There are the, the uh, veves of, of Haitian voodoo. There are, oh my God, there are so many Afro-Cuban uh, religions, Santeria, and some of these other ones that have their own special symbols. African tribal symbols that go for the indigenous peoples there. So it's like that's another very important thing to, uh, you know, deal with is the fact that symbols are international. They're just, the, 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 there are symbols all over the Mayan temples. Whenever you go in, symbols in, in Egypt, as you walk into the Pharaoh's tomb that are encrusted and colored for all that I could see with hieroglyphics and things like that. And then you have the Ogham of the Celts. And you have the runes, the rune symbols, the Elder Futhark, the Anglo-Saxon runes, and so on and so forth. Those are important symbols. I mean, that's one of the things that it's like great to do herbalism and all this other stuff, which I think that we should. But I think that, you know, even working with herbalism, there's a lot of symbolic things that you can do with your herbal practice, uh, like to attract money to your home. I would take a basket full of mint somewhere out into your yard and uh, with individual stones. I would take each one of those mint leaves that you could and make an S and then make a dollar sign with it and just leave it there for uh, a week, two weeks and let it rain. If the rain blows the rocks off of your mint and blows it away, but stand with it every day for a little bit and look down on that place in your yard and see that there and use that symbol as a point of attraction to come to you and your family and what it is that you need what, or love or if you need to travel or whatever. Um, I think the idea of symbolism is important to, uh, you know, like the universal hexagram of the OTO, uh, the actual OTO layman 
the the sun over the uh, overlooking the uh, chalice and the rose, and it's just it's 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 very cool. Um, and there's a lot of these, uh, and if you're trying to find a point of origin for some of this stuff. There are things that go back. Symbolism was found in France when they went into the caves and found hundreds and hundreds of cave paintings from prehistoric peoples that they showed what their life was like. When they went on a hunt, they showed them going after a bison or whatever they were going after and going after it with a spear. They were telling, they were leaving their story buried beneath that mountain to be found thousands of years later. I mean, by people to see, uh, you know, and stuff. And that's, that's a learning thing. Symbols, symbols teach us. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. When you put it together and put it into words and when you learn to read, information becomes possible. And when you learn to work with symbols and symbolism... Whether it's the pinnacle, the onk, uh, the 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 fairy star, um, oh my goodness, there are so many symbols. One thing that I do recommend, if this is something that you're interested into looking for, there is uh, many books out there that I recommend that have good foundations of reference, such as Godwin's Kabbalistic Encyclopedia, uh, some of the other magical encyclopedias. Uh, that have all of the various chapters that deal with the symbols and things like that. And then you have the writers themselves. A good, a good one that has a lot of really good symbols in it is uh, 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 Solitary Wicca and Living Wicca by Scott Cunningham. Plus, oh my God, you have uh, Raymond Buckland's Complete Book of Witchcraft. You have symbols and, and things in... Janet and Stuart Fair is the Witch's Bible. Um, you know, it, the list goes on and on. But see, you know, look into, look into astrology. The astrology has thousands of symbols. Look into the Tatwa system. Look at chakras. Chakras are symbols of the spaces and energy points throughout our body and stuff. That's very important. Chakras are important to kind of learn too. Um, and the idea, another thing is a lot of times... There, it's important to know what sigils are for. Sigils can impart, uh, uh, or symbols can impart uh, information. And whenever you meditate and you meditate for God to show you uh, various things, you sometimes you're not going to see, you know, full scenes out of a, out of a drive-in movie, but you're going to see flashes of symbols, and sights, and sounds, and smells, and things like this. To um, it's like it's turning on it's turning on all the keys to line up everything that uh, you need, uh, and also symbols are a point of maintenance for our life in society. So, in other words, like if we know that we need to do good in school and we have a full school year, the idea is. Uh, Burn a purple candle and take that candle and dress it with lavender oil 
and uh, maybe uh, encase it on a plate with some uh, lavender flowers and things like that. And every day, for just a few minutes, light that candle and affirm to yourself that you are going to do great in school. You're going to have, uh, you're going to learn the things that you need to learn. You'll do good in your test. You know, uh, let those symbols be a form of positivity for you so that that way, um, you know, you can, uh, you can, you know, benefit from symbols. It's not just something for us to know that whenever we do ritual, we can benefit from it. There's the idea of health, a drop of blood as a symbol for health, the color red as a symbol for health, uh, various other things, a potion bottle as a symbol of health and stuff like that. It's important to know those things so that we can utilize them as pagans, witches, and ceremonial magicians. Um, you know, that's another thing. Before you even go into that, I, I also say, take a minute, sit down, and with a piece of paper and a pen, write down every symbol that you know, that you can think, whether it's magical or something that would pertain to the way things are that we deal with society, write those down. And then when you get done, look at the list and kind of look over what you've written and then take time for each of those things that you've written to uh, think for a minute on what they are, what their meaning is. And then once you have that base, that is your base of knowledge. That's what you know right now. But you can take that and you can go and you can, uh, you know, find uh, information. Information is out there that will tell you so many more symbols that you can use or just learning. Uh, 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 knowing is part of the fun, they say. Well, knowing is just having a good foundation for your studies and stuff. Also, another thing is not just write that down, but I think for symbols, everybody has a book of shadows. I think it would be a good idea to maybe section off a portion of your book of shadows or magical grimoire and use that as a base point to write down and kind of uh, uh, give yourself crib notes on all of the symbols that you feel are important to your practice. Um, and then that way you always have that handy. And you can feel free to add or subtract from that as you want to. And another thing is it's like there's also possibilities that you can invent. We can invent our own symbols. You know, we can, we can find ways to create our own symbols, things that are, have meaning to us. And we take those and we imbue them with our own energy and power. And what that does is, um, you know, gives us the ability to personalize our magic, whether it's ceremonial or otherwise, personalizes it a little bit more. Um, and it, it, it tends to uh, give us a more uh, a strength of mind when it comes to living our life and understanding what the gods and the spirits of nature and the ancestors and everything want to show us. They want to show us the symbols because they can't be here in person, a lot of it. So it's like we live through the virtue of symbols. All right, so we're going to take a minute. I'm going to give you a little bit of a, uh, a commercial break for one of my favorite podcasts, the Celtic Myth Pod Show. And then uh, when we get done with that, we're going to come back and uh, talk about some authors, some more authors, and some places that you can learn about symbolism and things like that. And then we'll give you a little bit of an update 
about what we've got going on. Uh, we have a really cool new YouTube channel. We have a really cool uh, new setup for our Patreon. So what we're going to do is we're going to encourage you to check, our, our, check out our YouTube channel, which is A Pagan Perspective on YouTube. We have some great videos and stuff there. And then also we have A Pagan Perspective for Patreon. Go to Patreon forward slash A Pagan Perspective and you can find our page there. And we are using the Patreon as a way to, uh, you know, increase and, and get a chance to have better production for our YouTube channel and to take whatever we uh, earn with it, uh, to, to put it towards the community here for meditations, events, classes, get-togethers, fellowship, uh, intensive, learning different traditions, uh, people that want readings, uh, clerical care, whether it's hand fastings and, and these various things. You know, we have all different kinds of things that we can do for um, the people that are Patreons. And we have some merch coming out. We have some something, uh, we're going to have some clothing, some duffel bags and, and things like that. We already have our logo and everything set up, which you guys will see that. But so we're going to be up doing that. So I encourage you guys, we'll put everything that I'm talking about today, we'll put links to it in the show notes. Uh, and you can find that on Spotify or wherever. We may end up losing our pod page. I hope we don't. But still, in any way, you guys will still be able to uh, find all of our podcasts on uh, Spotify and so forth. So it's like, that's a good thing. We've got that taken care of. But yeah, we're going to go and do this uh, little spot for Celtic Myth Pod Show. And then we'll come back and give you guys a little bit more info after this. Okay, we are back. We were going to have a spot, but my computer's being a pain, so we may not be able to add it to this episode. But anyway, um, we've got a lot coming up. We've uh, Recently, I have, we are kind of looking for a place for next year to have Beltane, like proper pagan, not in town. I, we've, been, we've been doing... Beltane in town, in the park, since 2016. And I really want to camp. I just turned 56, and my bones are starting to feel the chill. Nah. No, I just want to get out there and get back to being pagan again. I can't cut, you can't cut loose. You know, and also, by the way, also, um, I just recently have acquired the means to keep myself in mead. And hard cider for the rest of my life. I got a little one-gallon bubbler, and as much yeast as I could stick in a box and put it and keep it wrapped up in cold in my refrigerator. And I just finished bottling yesterday a one-gallon batch of um, uh, raspberry apple hard cider. And whenever I tasted it before I bottled it, yeah, it was dry, you know, it, and it had that sparkle like cider does. But there was just such a taste of that raspberry still really stuck in there. And what I did was I took um, a little bit of uh, a quarter spoonful of sugar in each one of those bottles and gave them one little shake. 
and then kept because these are swing top bottles and i put them in the fridge and i'm not going to touch them for about 10 days and um yeah so it's going to be very bubbly and fizzy but still very potently fruity and the next thing tomorrow i have a shipment coming of some guava nectar some really good guava nectar and tomorrow i am uh, not guava but mango and I'm going to be making a mango mead, and that's what we're going to have for Samhain. Hopefully, it'll be done by Samhain. And I'm going to have about close to six bottles uh, out of this one gallon, and one of those is going to be set back for ritual. So, you know, and I hope you guys have ritual coming up. We've got uh, Lugensad this weekend. We've got Maybon coming up in September, which we're doing uh, House Bloat which is our version it's called winter finding and then in october on october 28th we will be doing uh winter night Samhain for our tradition we are raven temple of cx wicca so we follow a uh the uh, calendar is put forth by dr raymond buckland in his book the tree and also in buckland's complete book of witchcraft otherwise known as big blue um also like i said uh, come and check us out. We have Raven Temple, H-R-A-F-N, Temple of C-A-X, Wicca, S-E-A-X, uh, dash, Wicca, W-I-C-A. We are on Facebook, and we would love to have you guys come and uh, check out our, our family here. Uh, it's our, it's our, that is our uh, communications arm, you know, to really let people know that we're out there, that we are wanting to engage with the brothers and sisters that are there uh, in the area uh, and, and, and our build our pagan community. We've been doing classes. We've been doing rituals. We've been doing so much stuff. Um, and we're going to be on September 12th. We are doing New Moon Witch Talk. We're going to get together and we're going to talk about what it is to be a witch. What are the things we like about the craft? What are the things that we are really interested in? in our pagan and heathen practices uh what are some of the things that we deal with with it this is a time for us to come together and have no stress not have to worry about being in a class or in a ritual setting and just you know be able to talk and learn about who we are as pagans and witches and stuff and yeah and i'm gonna be doing a series of videos probably going to do it in three parts because this is going to take me a while but i'm going to be doing a uh three-part video series on herbs in witchcraft from ritual to spell work to meditation and so forth and i'm going to show you some of the herbs that i have and we're going to talk about what they can be used for and things and at some point what we're going to do is we're also going to take these herbs that i have and we're going to properly put them together and do a video where we make some essential oils. Uh, kind of show you the process that we take. And uh, then after we've made, you know, whatever it is that we're going to make uh, for our essential oil. One of my favorite essential oils, by the way, is, of course, I do like patchouli. Some people, it smells like uh, beer and dirt, but I still like patchouli. But my favorite oil, really, because it packs a wallop, is I love dragon's blood. Dragon's blood and sandalwood are pretty much tied. Um, and I love sandalwood incense, sandalwood tears. I have several different kinds of sandalwood for uh, ritual incenses and things like that. So it's like, yeah, that's 
and we're gonna probably gonna be doing a video of that around Yule. Then we've got to prepare for Yule. I'm so ready. This summer has been so dang hot, hundreds of degrees, people dying in Texas, and stuff like that. That is so sad. But um, no, nah, I think it's like, you know, the 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 symbols and things that we can learn and put together that's why i wanted to do this is because a lot of people think about the exterior trappings of paganism and stuff but we never stop to think about the symbols in witchcraft the symbols in ceremonial magic uh and everything and it's it's important stuff it's a thing it's a stepping stone to greater confidence in our abilities and our means of relating uh, with the gods and each other which i think is very very important um, and yeah, so, you know, we're going to be doing also for the next podcast podcast. Um, what I want to do is I want to do a, uh, a heathen story time where I will, uh, kind of recite some, some heathen stories. And then the other half of the show, we're going to do a meditation that inc incorporates all the God's Woden, Freya, Sif, Ing, Siaxnut, and, and so forth and so on. I think it's good to have uh, some kind of audible um, component that people can listen to, that they can follow along for a meditation. So we're going to have story time. We're going to have Anglo-Saxon uh, story time in a, in a pagan sense, and then we'll do a meditation on the gods, the, the Saxon gods, Woden, Freya, and everyone else. Um, like I say, we are going to be doing a lot on YouTube. Check us out, A Pagan Perspective on YouTube. Subscribe, comment, leave subs we got a community page on there. There's always uh, questionnaires and things for people to interact with. Um, and also, with, like I say, the, the uh, um, Patreon, we're going to be using the Patreon. I want to do a children's outreach here in town. Where I thought it would be cool to teach, uh, you know, kids about you know the seasons, and the gods and various things. So we're right now in the middle of like a paper drive, as it were. We're looking for newspaper and things so that we could take that newspaper and make paper mache, and then we're going to take that paper mache and make puppets and masks, and we're going to do that so that we can have like a kids' uh, theater. And stuff and do little theaters in the park and people's backyards and things like that for the kids. Because we, we kind of tend to focus on ourselves. But the little witches and little pagans and the little ceremonial magicians, they need a lot of guidance and stuff too. And, you know, we don't have to lay the whole heavy thing on them. But we can give them an enjoyable life so that they can see that there's joy in the gods and the nature's spirits. And everything is all tied together and stuff. So it's good to be able to have that to show to little kids. But we need newspaper. And newspaper is a dying medium. So we need something that is good for you doing decoupage. That kind of thing where you're doing the macrame and building. Because i got paint for days. Well, I've got enough kind of theatrical kinds of paints that we can make some very pretty masks and, and, and really cool witch uh puppets and all these different things and i have so many little crafty bits and bobs back there that we can use to and other people i know do too that we can use to construct these um you know that way we can 
come up with our own casts of characters to tell certain stories and stuff. So, yeah, by supporting the Patreon and stuff like that, you can help us, you know, move forward in some of the initiatives that we would like to do for our own pagan community. Plus, I can get a better computer and give you guys a better quality podcast and bring guests and stuff on, which I am going to start doing that via Zoom here pretty soon. So we've got a lot coming up, and I appreciate everyone. And what we're going to do is give you guys um, one more song. This is Fire in the Head by Sharon Knight. And I am Reverend Savannah Treewalker, the Order of Standing Oak, and Theo Frith, Joseph of Raven Temple of Siax Wicca, uh, thanking you guys for coming uh, and giving this uh, show a listen. Uh, The blessings of Fro... uh, uh, Freya and Woden to you all and we will see you in the next episode. Before the shrieking of the wind I lay my spirit bare At the feet of untamed things Amidst the crumbling stone Where time-worn gods have laid their hands I walk the night alone To claim the magic of this land When the bright glory comes I will feast with the shining ones when the bright glory comes. Oh, oh the screaming hag that rides the wind will rip the soul right from your skin. The hollow hills will swallow you and play apart your mind. To win the kiss of the gifted ones, we risk our lives on the mountain front. There's some wake man, and some wake dead, and some will rise with a fire in their head. A fire mountain burns, thrust up from primordial sea. A thousand glittering pools reflect the shape of destiny. The giant sits his chair to test the seeking soul below. He sees you striving there to claim which way your fate will go. At the crimson blush of dawn, I will sing my victory song At the crimson blush of dawn I'll sing Oh, the screaming hag that rides the wind Will rip the soul right from your skin The hollow hills will swallow you And flay apart your mind To win the kiss of the gifted ones We risk our lives some wake man, some wake dead, and some will rise with a fire in the head. 
the screaming 